welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. How did he do that? How did he do that? He laid his hands on her. Yeah, good. How did he know to go to her? Because the Holy Spirit told him. Okay. More? Yeah, he said that when he came in, the Holy Spirit showed him that woman. Okay. And said that she's going to be healed tonight. How do you think the Holy Spirit shows him a woman? I don't know. Right? Okay, that's good. Do you understand that you don't know? Because <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about. All right? You got any other thoughts? I mean, it's brilliant news, isn't it, Tim? How did he do it? He seemed to help her out of the wheelchair, didn't he? Yeah. So it wasn't like she, you know, in the Bible we read about the guy who was paralyzed and Peter prays for him and he springs up. So it wasn't quite like that, was it? He had to help her up. Then she had to do something and she ran, didn't she? She tried to move forward. Um, I don't know whether Irving's told you yet, but I mean, he had, he had a major accident on his ankle. Uh, motorbike accident on his ankle and for long enough it was caused him a lot of pain and then he was in a um, a meeting in Manchester where a guy from Argentina prayed for him and the guy got him to run and Ir- I mean Irving it's very comical the way he tells you it's just, uh, I, I ran and I felt like I'm doing this because I don't, I'm on telly and I don't want to look a fool so he said I ran not really believing I was going to get healed and then he says all of a sudden I realised all the pain had gone so there is something about having to help people to activate their faith you know Uh, Bill Johnson will say to you uh, he'll often get people to step out of their seat into the aisle there is a some don't understand it but some process of moving helps people connect with an expectation of God doing something. But I wanted to show this first of all, and we're going to watch another video later on, because we're moving into this realm of how do I hear, feel, respond to the Holy Spirit? Because when we use the language like, he heard the Holy Spirit, we're expecting language. Like I'm speaking to you now, so that you can hear it. But that is only one way in which the Holy Spirit communicates with you. And learning how he communicates with your body, with your senses, is very important to learn to do that. I've never run and got a person out of a wheelchair like that. But I have looked across a room of people and gone, pointed to the woman and says, you've got a problem with your womb. She goes, yes, I have. How did you know? Turned to her husband and said, I never told you, but I have. (laughs) I said, just come out. So I'm doing what Bill Johnson says, come and step into the aisle. She stepped into the aisle, power of God hit her. She was healed. How do you do that? 
how do I see a, some, you know, a face in a hundred people? That's what we're going to start talking about. And just in the same way that you're practicing with coins on the wall and it's challenging your thinking, we need to challenge our Western approach to how do we hear and respond to the Holy Spirit? Because at the moment, you will have grown up with, he speaks through the Word of God, absolutely true, tick, that's right. You hear an audible voice, tick, that's right. Um, it might be your pastor shares a word with you, tick, that's right. But those aren't the only way. There is a, a myriad of ways in which the Holy Spirit communicates. And we've got to start with being willing to learn, right? So, you know, let's assume you want you couldn't do um, snowboarding. And you said, right, I'm going to learn how to do snowboarding for next winter. You would have to go and do some practicing, wouldn't you? You would have to go and learn from somebody who's experienced, have a go, follow what their instructions were, try and pick it up. And that's what it's like in the Spirit of God. Reinhard Bonnke didn't really start off with being able to run across a, an auditorium and pray for someone and see them out of a wheelchair. But he did start off believing that all things were possible to those who believed, right? And therefore he, he expected to see the results of all things are possible, right? Rebecca will have talked to you about healing and she's trying to teach you that it's within the cross you know all the healing is there in the cross oh, if it's all there then anybody who's sick can receive healing help me get into that flow of healing Jesus so we can see the supernatural so let me just ask you when you're try and remember the most um, awe inspiring powerful uh, meeting of where the, you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. It might have been in church, it might have been a youth meeting, it might have been a conference you went to, it might have been at home. Try and think of the most, oh, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stood up, it was so awe-inspiring, okay? Can you think of one? It says in Scripture that our, a mark of maturity in the Christian faith is that our senses have been trained to know the spiritual kingdom so if that's the case then what's happening here there's a you I have a phrase you knew it in your knower you know it's somewhere inside you you knew it and don't ask me to explain that because I just know it <laughs> right okay now words of knowledge can come like that that is a, a a way in which a word of knowledge can come you just know it so why I'm asking you to what did it feel like, what did it sense like it's so that you take notice of these very important God encounters and how your body responds to them, so that when you get another one, you know it or you're aware of it, or you can oh, I wonder if this is the same thing and I'm going to be brave and try, okay so you went to your dad you told him, obviously things got sorted out. Yeah. Any other situations like that where you sense the presence of God? Now, we would encourage you 
don't bother trying to get yourself out of being drunk just enjoy being drunk because it's surprising the miraculous stuff that happens when you're drunk so that you're, you're aware of the presence and you call it like being drunk the sensations over your body uh, you feel like you're not in your right mind or somehow other it's, it's good you know it's good but it's so different so much within the evangelical church we taught your emotions don't rely on your emotions it's got to be based on the word of God it's got to be based upon you know what's true your emotions lie to you so there is an element of truth in all of that but you've been made in the image of God when he made you in the image of God he didn't take your emotions away they're all part of you see what I'm trying to say so learning to honour these encounters with the Holy Spirit oh he's here <laughs> it's surprising how much he uses that to encourage your faith and to encourage you so I'm wanting you now over the next few weeks to like notice is there a tingle is there a, oh I'm drunk I would say, if you feel that, whew, that presence, oh, go with it a bit more. Don't snap out of it. Do something to stay in it, because you, you don't quite know where it will take you. Okay? I bring yourself, coming back to that sensation, the presence of the Holy Spirit, what does it feel like to you, Tima? And what I'm encouraging you with is to say, these are real, real aspects of learning to walk in that kingdom that I was talking about last week I was saying you know, this kingdom of heaven that you live in, we live in is real the Holy Spirit has a different language it, yes he does speak in English and wonderfully he does speak to a still small voice fantastic uh, yes he speaks to us out of the word of God he can confirm things by circumstances it can be a prophetic word to us you know. but there's a lot more that he does uh, so, our friend Reinhard Bonnke, he says, I walked into, and I, and I looked, and I, and I knew that you were going to be healed. Now that's what we're aiming for. That we, the three of us, would have such reassurance with the Holy Spirit that when we look, oh, that person, it's not in your mind going, oh, I probably got that wrong. Because that's what we do. I probably got that wrong. It's probably not him. God, could you do something a bit more? Maybe that woman will be pushed to the front. If she gets pushed to the front, then I'll pray for her. We, we put things like that in front. Now, our friend uh, Bill Johnson, uh, describing how he's learnt to pray for miracles to happen. Let us assume he has had a word of knowledge that there was somebody here who had a terrible accident and you've got damage in your leg. Person, you put your hand that's me. I fell off my bike, damaged my leg, and I've had to have metal bars put in it. It's very, very painful. He said that he began to learn that obeying quickly to the Holy Spirit was what was key. If he paused and analyzed it, did I get the right guy? Is there more guys? Is that all you want to say, God? It's like he missed the moment. But Reinhard Bonnke said, I knew that when I came for this lady, I was going straight to you. That's that obeying quickly. 
responding to what the Holy Spirit has prompted. He didn't question it, didn't go, I'm just not sure, the feeling's not right, the worship song's not right yet, or the... It just went. And Bill Johnson said, as, you know, he's learnt to very quickly, he'll grab the person and pull them into the aisle and push them. And you think, I could do that. But in that whole thing, miracles are happening. So we're going to have to learn to respond to the Spirit a lot different to our analytical brain. So in, if you're like me, you've grown up within a system which really honours your analytical thought. I'm analytical as a person. I love to analyse things, love to, you know, now I'm not working, it's usually the best price for the next holiday or something like that. I love to find out. And it's a God-given ability. But it has to be subservient to the Holy Spirit. I have to learn to respond to Holy Spirit. And I am still in the process of doing that, I have to say. I'm still in that process. So that's where we're heading today and for the rest of these sessions is to try and learn how to respond to Holy Spirit and give honour to these sensations that you've got in your body. And, you know, just not... That was nice. I had that one three years ago. But learn how to go you more to them and expect more of them and, and believe that in them Holy Spirit's ministering to you. Um, you might have seen this picture at school. What can you see? Have you seen it before? Yeah. Can you see both or only one? Um, at the moment I just see the old lady. The old lady? Oh. You see both? Yeah. Okay. So, can you help Merrick see the... Yeah, no, I can. You can see both. Okay. So they use this to just show how our brain can be so focused on the old woman that no way can you see the young woman until somebody's shown you where it is, you know, and there's many little pictures like this, isn't there? There's the, there's the vases that make the face shape and all that. Um, but I, I use that just as a simple exercise to say our brain is limited in how it sees things. It has to be trained to see other stuff, right? It really does have to be trained. And um, you could call it the excluded middle zone. John Wimber used to call it that. He said there's the empirical world of science. I mean, you've all grown up in school, you've all done your science experiments. It's good stuff, science, right? And we all know about the world beyond us, you know, heaven, God, angels, all up there. But for us Westerners in particular, it's very difficult to believe in, see and respond to a supernatural realm that's here. You know, um, Tony on Sunday talking about his experience of wallpapering the house for three and a half hours and the timer stood still. It's hard to get your head round that that could even happen, you know. Most of us will be analysing and say it's probably Tony's made a mistake. You know. <laughs> well, we're limited like that. And yet, if you look in Scripture, God stopped time, didn't he? And, you know, I told you the stories about Isabel Allen and uh, her husband. 
and they've had time stop numerous times for them. So there's that excluded zone that's all around us that we've got to learn how to respond to. Okay? And that's, we're starting on our journey for that today. Um, you've already started it. You've described events where you just knew something in your knower. You, you, know, you, you sense that wonderful sense of the Spirit of God when you're worshipping or you're quiet. You've learned how to respond to it even more. You have uh, you know, get that drunk feeling and, and it's just like wonderful. Now what? I want to broaden this and say that is just what absolutely incredible. In it is the life of the Spirit. Right? That's in this area. See, Jesus said, um, you know, the ability to see in this spiritual realm, in this heavenly kingdom, is not the result of a special gift. You know, Reinhard Bonnke's got the special gift. Let's work hard at getting the special gift. It's a result of being who you are the Holy Spirit's in you you are able to see spiritual things and respond to it um, Sean Boltz gave a wonderful uh, testimony um, on Facebook the other day and I thought oh gosh dad that's that's another you know it's like that's where I want to be I want to be walking like that he said uh, he was I think he was in a taxi and he sat in the front seat with the taxi driver and he said he felt the Holy Spirit just say to the guy that gave him a, a message to say and it was something like uh, I, I won't have the names right um, I know about Sally uh, and that your prayers for healing for her and what you intended to do uh, 20 years ago is still in my heart for you well the, the taxi driver's sobbing as he's driving the car because his wife Sally his wife's got cancer he didn't know whether to pray for his wife or not. He's heard Father say to him, you know, I'm in it with you in this situation. 20 years ago, they started their own business and it went, um, uh, they went bankrupt, I think, uh, in their business. Well, they had to close the business down. And uh, they've been talking about starting it again. And there was that saying, that which you started 20 years ago, you should be doing it. And it's like, that was just a normal conversation between a passenger and a taxi driver. And yet it was full of this heavenly kingdom. Does Sean Boltz have a prophetic gift? Oh, most definitely. Does he work in the words? Oh, most definitely. But if you listen to anything of his teaching or read his books, he'll say, but I put a lot of practice in. You know, and they would practice getting words of knowledge and they would practice prophesying for 15 years so no wonder he's aware of it you see what I mean and for most of us as Christians what happens to us is oh, we learn about prophecy I mean, it's good. and then we wait for the opportunity to prophesy it doesn't really come along and you go well obviously I'm not in that flow whereas the reality is you can prophesy over anybody anytime Anytime, and he finds it. Taxi driver prophesies. All right. So the Holy Spirit in you is what's going to happen. Do you remember this story in Matthew sixteen verses one to four? And the Pharisees. Jesus is talking about the Pharisees, 
And he says, he actually, me, he actually calls them hypocrites because they could discern the weather. And I don't know whether you have phrases like this in Germany, you know, um, red sky at night is a shepherd's delight, meaning it's going to be a lovely day tomorrow. Red sky in the morning is a sailor's warning, meaning it's going to be a poor day tomorrow. So we look at the sky, the clouds, the wind, and we discern what the weather's going to be like. And Jesus called them hypocrites for being able to do that, but not being able to discern heavenly things. So the Pharisees, the leaders of the religious community, Jesus expected them to be able to discern spiritual activity around them. It says in John 3, verse 3, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, both of you are born again, so both of you can see the kingdom of God. And remember, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. So what's that then? How does he see the Father doing anything? Have you seen the Father doing anything? No. How about you, Timon? No. So, there's something a bit awry here, isn't it? Because it, Jesus says, if you've been born again, you can see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So how do you get from where you are now today, where you aren't seeing what Father's doing, to where you see what Father's doing. Any thoughts? I think just by living and try to live in the kingdom. Okay. Choosing to, I am in the kingdom, that's where I'm going to live. Yeah. Good. That's a good answer. Team, what would you think? Just being more aware of it and living more Okay, so how do we become more aware? Because that's your desire at the moment, and you've just told me, I, I don't see, I'm, I'm not pointing at you, I'm trying to learn together, okay? Because I'll, I'll just be honest with you, I have seen, and I haven't seen. <laughs> I want to see more, that's basically where I am. Um, it's interesting this whole thing about how do you know where the Spirit of God is and sometimes when I am preaching I just know where he is I know what he's doing and it's just like it's wonderful and other times I feel like I'm a bit dull I don't think I've got it and it's all that I think well Jesus gave us some pointers he said seek first the kingdom of God so that's what you both said that's got to be my priority from now on seeking first the kingdom and as I've explained the kingdom is that which is around you right now so when you were at home practicing the coins on the wall what were you doing you were seeking the kingdom of God you were seeking the supernatural stuff you wanted to see whether it was possible you began to see it was possible that the impossible was possible you began to realize it was well that's what Jesus tells us seek first his kingdom Set your mind on the things that are above rather than the things on earth. So, Reinhard Bonnke, 
uh, if we'd watched the whole video, there was an interview with her doctor. Her doctor explained in de- medical detail how bad her back was. Then they asked him the question, how come then she's healed now? And he goes, oh, no, I don't know how that guy was able to pick her out, don't know how that happened. I suppose there was some sort of... Um, uh, uh, he just couldn't get any answer because it was outside of his grid. Outside of his grid is where we want to live. Seek the things that are above. So they will always feel like they're outside of your grid. You will always feel like it's like, oh, beyond me. Because that's how it is. Where if you listen to the stories of Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, people like him, they'll tell you how it's never... Oh, I've got this crack now. I know how to do it. They're never there. Where they are is a dependency on the Holy Spirit, who certainly has got it correct. So, seek first the kingdom of God, set your mind things on above. For the things that are seen are temporary, but that which is not seen is eternal. So if you remember last week I said, God's hidden the kingdom. It's invisible. To normalise. But it's visible to those who have been born again. You've got new eyes, so you can see it. Now, it, we read that scripture, it said that, you know, the, um, that God hides it for kings to find. So he doesn't hide it so that you can't find it. He hides it for you because it's so precious and you've been given the presence of the Holy Spirit his life in you so that you could find the invisible kingdom and do that and do that and you only have to have one of those anything where it's like beyond you and you think gosh this is incredible you want to see more of it you know and I remember the instance when I prayed for a lady who hadn't been able to have a baby. I'd had a, a prophetic word, which was God wanted to give babies. And I have to say, my mind analysed that as meaning people getting saved. I thought, it's got to be people getting saved, because I was a bit too... I gave the word, I'll just be honest with you, I gave the word, and I thought it meant babies. Right? Real babies. I then analysed the word and thought, probably not, it probably means people getting saved. You know, uh, new, new Christians, newborn, yeah. A lady started to howl at the back of church. I thought, the Holy Spirit's come on her, bringing conviction about people getting saved. I knew her, I knew she was very evangelistic. I thought that's what it's going to be. So I walked to the back of church and she was just in distress, I have to say, absolute distress. I asked the person next to her and they said, she can't have any children. So it was like, oh, it's normal. Of course you can, God's spoken. He's going to give babies. So we just prayed that you receive these wonderful babies. She's got two running around now. They're like in their teens you've got to have one of them and you go this is stunning <laughs> I want to be involved in it you know 
for a family that was childless to have children, well, it's just stunning, right? And you get to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And he's given you everything necessary for you to cooperate. Providing we move away from our analytical brains. Because you never work it out with your brain. You respond in the spirit. And then it says that the anointing teaches you. So it's, it comes that way around. You respond, he teaches you. Okay. So Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. The power of his actions was in what he saw. And that's not like, oh, oh yeah, I can, I can see the father behind you now and he's manipulating your shoulder. you obviously got a painful shoulder, I'm going to deal with it. What he was able to do was what Rainer Bonke did. I looked across the room and I saw a woman. He was seeing what father was doing. Right? He sensed, now it could be a sense it, you know, in your knower. I know he's going to do, right? And you know it in here. Or there's some sort of sensation coming, your presence of here, uh, and I'm going with you, Holy Spirit. And you then lead you. So that's how you begin to see what Father's doing, along with the gifts of the Spirit that come. You know, words of knowledge, um, uh, gifts of miracles, gifts of healing. All of these gifts that are in you because the Holy Spirit has come um, become available for you to see what Father's doing. Unbelief is anchored in what's visible. Unbelief is anchored in what's visible. Because we put so much belief in what I can feel and touch, what I know analytically, what I've gone through in science, I know that I know that it works. But that's unfortunately where unbelief lurks. Okay? Um, the Bible says that it's not with your mind that you believe, but it's in your heart, it's in faith. Um, now for German language I think in English we have a separate word for belief and faith whereas I think in Germany they use the same word for for it both and uh, I, this is one occasion where I think English has helped you with a better meaning because faith it says in Hebrews is the is a substance of unseen things okay so we've got that it's out there it's some other thing it's a substance of something else now Belief is something that I know is true and I know that I know that I know. Like you know that you're saved. It's true. You believe it. Right? So that's belief. And it's that belief that I know that they died on the cross for me that engages with faith. The faith of Jesus that's been given to us. Okay? So he gave his faith to you wonderful you then as a child of God now believe in him and you believe to the point that you will in a sense put it to the test I'm going to act on this right so faith isn't the absence of doubt it's the presence of belief 
uh, an example to help with that. Uh, back in the 70s, there was a, a preacher in this country called Reginald East, and he helped a lot with the charismatic renewal in um, this country. So while he was here, a blind lady rang him up on the telephone and asked him to pray. And in his book, he says how um, he uh, was reading, uh, well, listening to her, feeling totally that he, uh, I don't know how to do this. I don't have any faith for this because I, I'm full of doubt, really. But the woman said, please pray for me. So he prayed. He said, in the name of Jesus, see. And all he could hear was screaming at the other end because instantly her eyes were opened. And that's why I'm saying that um, faith isn't the absence of doubt. It can lurk around there. It can lurk around. But it is the presence of belief, right? The presence of, I know that he's done everything for me and I'm going to work on this and walk on it. And it's a mistake, really, to try and find your faith. How much faith have you got there? Where is it? Is it lurking somewhere? Because you, you never find it. So all the lovely stories that Sims are used to hear about uh, little faith, much faith, greater faith, and this progression. Oh, it's just like frustration because have I got a little or a much? Or have I got great faith? I haven't got a clue. Now I just go, okay, I've got your faith, Jesus. Thank you, you gave it to me. That's what you say in scripture. Oh, thank you. Okay. Then with your faith, we can go and do great deeds, can't we? You know. Um, but we need to start to learn to respond with our body. And God designed your bodies to be able to live in this realm of glory, this kingdom. He, when you became a new creation, he created it such that you would be able to pick it up. But the reality, I doubt whether you've heard any sermons in your church life where somebody's teaching you how to respond or learn how your body re- re- responds in the presence of God uh, and give it any honour or value. Because we, we in the West so much respond with our minds to God rather than with our whole self. Right? But Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So Paul's saying to you, your whole being, now, not just your mind, your whole being, present it to God. He can use it. If it uh, Psalm 63 verse 1 says, my flesh longs for you. This was David. David was saying that he realized that his whole being longs for the presence of God. Well, yes, it's a, just another way of saying you, get, you feel this drunkenness. Well, what's that? It's your body longing for the presence of God. You have this sensation of, of his presence, demon. Your, your body's responding. It longs for being in his presence. Hebrews 5.14 says, As a mark of your maturity, having senses trained to discern good and evil. Now, I just want to show you that really, both of you, have been training your senses and everybody on the planet is aware of this have you ever walked into a room where somebody's been having an argument or whatever you walk in and they stop this argument 
but you can sense that there's something not right. Have you ever had that experience? Yeah? Team up, have you? Yeah? Well, how did you sense it? They weren't arguing. They, they'd stopped. You know, it wasn't that you walked in and they were fighting each other. Pretty obvious. But you walked in and something's not right. I don't know. I mean, you can just feel it. You can just feel it. That is exactly how you will discern spirits. Good and evil. And human. Exactly. You will just feel it. You will know. This is a demon. This is from the human spirit. This is God's spirit. You, you know his, what his spirit is like here, don't you? You know what it feels like on you. So you're already discerning it. Just in that one example where you walked in. Your bodies were created to live in the presence of God. Now imagine you walking into church and going, Oh! something's not right that's how you're going to learn so you're asking the Holy Spirit to show you there's a lady here in this uh, lives in Chester uh, Alice Creswell she's a wonderfully gifted like like, like Reinhard Bonk she's like sort of gifted like that um, and she tells a wonderful story she said she wanted to learn how to cast a demon out of someone she'd read in scriptures that you know the epileptic boy Jesus cast the demon out of the epileptic boy and he was healed so I want to learn how to do this Jesus please can you help me and she started to get dreams and in the dreams monsters were chasing her and she was so worried by this because it just felt so wrong that monsters were chasing her and she would have people pray for her you know, I'm getting attacked by the enemy, it's terrible. In my dream life, monsters are coming, they're really affecting me, it's awful, please, please, please help. They would pray for her, and it wouldn't stop, monsters kept coming. And then she said, there was one night in the dream where the monsters were chasing her, and she said, no, in the name of Jesus. And she started chasing the monsters. And she woke up and she realised that this dream that had been so awful over a number of weeks was actually of the Holy Spirit. And she was actually asking the Holy Spirit to stop, you know, to take dream away. And she hadn't realised that this wasn't an, a, an attack from the enemy, but it was a training session of the Holy Spirit. And once she had stand up and said, no, in the name of Jesus, she was acting in authority as she was chasing these. Right. That morning she wakes up and the Holy Spirit, she gets this impression whether she heard it, felt it, whatever, she had the impression, this Sunday, when I go to church, there's going to be someone needing to be delivered. So she put so much belief in this that she rang her pastor and said, I know that this Sunday there's going to be somebody who will manifest a demon. Don't worry, I'm on a training course with the Holy Spirit and I'm going to go and see what I can do. So that Sunday she walks into church, worship starts, and there's a lady at the back of her church this is in Chester where you were the other day the lady begins to manifest a demon Alice goes right we're on the course here to learn how to do this she goes to the back in the name of Jesus come out the demon left the woman the woman was free learning 
to respond in this kingdom, right? Now, she's gone on to pray for many, many people. Within the healing aspect, and sees demons going, and people being healed, um, fibromyalgia, which is a condition where people get lots of pain all over their body, um, and they, there's no cure for the thing, and she's cast that spirit of fibromyalgia out to the person, and they've been totally healed. So there she is learning to respond. Do you get me? Asking the Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit teaching her. She's responding to the teaching, believing that he's involved with her, seeing it happen, setting people free. And when you look at that sequence, if you ask most Christians, they never even enter into that, that sequence of, Holy Spirit, could you teach me? Could you take me on this journey? Could you show me how to help? It's like somehow or other they're expecting it will just happen. I'll just put my hand on you and you'll get well. Instead of learning the whole process that's going on. Okay? So, um, the, the tangible anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit for giftedness, is something that you physically can feel. Um, Acts 13 is worth looking at. Give me a Bible. So we're looking in Acts 13 and verses 6 to 12. So I'll read this. Now, when they had gone through the island to Pathos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimaeus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So here is an incredible encounter that we have. So imagine us in this situation. Uh, there's the sorcerer uh, trying to take people away from knowing Jesus, and you're the missionary guy there. And it says here, then it says that um, in verse 9, then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Now that phrase, filled with the Holy Spirit, is often used within the scripture, meaning that the Holy Spirit's here to minister. The, the work of God's about to be done. It's not that Paul was empty the day before and now all of a sudden gets filled again. It's just means a phrase meaning there's something about to happen here. You know, the Holy Spirit's on it. Um, and it says he looked intently at him. 
And that is a, I'll call it an unction, I don't know whether you have that word in German, uh, that, or it's a, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and that whole process of looking and seeing the person is what he did. He looked and saw her, it's looking intently, it's you, on you is the kingdom of God, on you I can see his father at work, right? This is what Paul did, he looked intently, so his eyes were fixed now, and in the middle of that became this prophetic declaration that he would be blind. And the guy is blind, and the proconsul gets saved. You can learn to respond with the Spirit of God like that so that you will kind of start to see where the Spirit of God's at work in persons or in, uh, you know, the, within a congregation or in a group of people. You'll be able to pick up where the Holy Spirit is working. Um, Bill Johnson says, for a time when he was practicing this, he used to go into church before anybody was in and stand there and ask the Holy Spirit to show him where he was about to work and so he would look and where his eyes fell intently he said okay thank you and this was all to learn to train his body how to respond to the spirit so that when he was preaching he would go in that area there there is and remember I was, when we were doing prophecy I I would say to you, um, you would do a, a prophecy in there and say, and add some connecting words, and this means, and this will lead to. So he would say things like, and in that area there, not knowing what was in that area there, but knowing that he's putting himself, he's believing in that prompting of the Spirit, he's believing in that sense of the Spirit. So in that area there, there is somebody here who's got a broken shoulder and got metal in it, and God now wants to heal you. I'm just making that up. But that was the sense of what he was doing. Just like Alice Creswell, training his senses. And that's what I'm encouraging yourselves to do. You've been doing it with coins. I'm starting to encourage you, do two things for me. One, this sense of the presence of God that you get, drunkenness, the sense of his peace, whatever it is, however you describe it, team on over you look to ask him to multiply it don't shut it down you know, if it occurs here in a time of worship, Andy's leading or in, in church don't shut it down, more God I honour, just say words, I do this all the time, I just honour your presence now Holy Spirit, I thank you that I am responding in this way alright, I thank you I want more of it I love it, alright I honour what you're doing in my body. Because as I do that, I'm then lifting that sensation, that presence of God up. I'm seeking the kingdom. I'm seeking him first. And I'm making it higher than my earthly thinking. I'm saying I value this in my life. So that's one. But then the next bit is, okay, I want to practice like a Reinhardt Bunky or a an Alice Creswell or a Bill Johnson I want to try and practice teach me Holy Spirit let that become a, a, a response in you teach me when I started to think like this I began to realise that for myself 
when the presence of the Spirit comes in for like some sort of ministry, it feels to me like um, you know one of those um, thin light scarves that, that ladies have. It's as if one of those has just been drawn across me, and it's like I could feel it taking me in that direction. I could oh, all right. At the moment, I don't want quite to say, but we know we're we're doing this. <laughs> And then there's something comes in in Noah. I know what he wants to do now. Ask me to explain how I know. I don't know. I just know it. Like he said. I knew that I was coming to you. And you would be healed. I just know it in Manoah. Right? So. We've got quite a few weeks together. To try and develop. Practice. Learn experience more, ask the Holy Spirit to teach us more. Remember this scripture here in in Acts 13 where Paul looks intently, I want that Holy Spirit. I want to do that. I want to respond to you. Um, Is there anything else I want to add in? Oh, sometimes it can be like for me, like a tingling sensation. It can be like a tingling and it's I know he's here. Um, For What's his name? Uh, ben um, Ben Dean, who was here the other week teaching you. Uh, when he's praying for the sick, it can be heat in his hands that he gets, and he knows that God wants to bring healing. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever had that, um, but it can be that people get those sensations. And we'll go through words of knowledge, and we'll look at how they come and how they respond, and we'll try and practice some. Um, We'll try, we'll look at what Sean Boltz does where he tries to get more detail in words of knowledge so it's not just there's somebody here with a sore thumb. You know, somebody here whose sore thumb was caused by a certain accident in a factory three years ago on the, you know, the, the lot more detail to get rid of me. Well, he just says to you, practice it. Ask for more. Uh, if you've got a word of knowledge about somebody ask for their birthday or ask for their town where they come from or ask for their name ask for something more in the same way as saying with you with prophecy very nice prophecy but this will lead to and what does it mean how is it going to you know expect the more because it's it's usually in the place where we're feeling uncomfortable that the miraculous starts to take place and that's an intriguing place to be because many people spell faith R-I-S-K risk and if you don't like taking risks it's a very difficult place to get yourself into because you are exposing yourself see for long enough I didn't like praying for sick people because I thought they would be disappointed when I prayed for them because they wouldn't get healed and I thought maybe what I've got to do is, is learn more put a lot of effort into learning more to pray for sick people and then when I pray for them I'll be more effective and therefore there'll be better results well I found that it didn't lead to anywhere yeah I learned more but I didn't have more people getting healed, I didn't have more success if you like and I discovered when you know uh, Kath had bowel cancer I just used to love people praying for me there wasn't an instant when somebody prayed and Kath was instantly healed but the whole process of being loved and being prayed for 
and being honoured was just stunning. And it made me realise that actually it's our fear of failure holds us back. I'm just talking about myself. Held me back. Because I was somehow or other thinking it's a lot to do with me. But in reality, it's all to do with him. I can't heal anybody, but he can. And if I can learn to see as Reinhard Bonnke seeing, if I can learn to respond like Paul's responding, if I can learn to honour the sensations of the Spirit in me, then the results are going to be... Now, I still feel the presence of God on that as it is now. Carl really felt it when he was there. So I'm just using that as an example to say, here are a group of people wanting to follow the Holy Spirit yield to him are willing not to invite the speaker up because they sense the Holy Spirit might want to do something then cooperate together to try and follow it say things like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm going to do the sword again they're willing to be looked a fool willing to hear Holy Spirit I want you to roar over them and to believe that in doing it there would be an anointing on that which would bring life and liberty to 30, nearly 40 minutes, it goes on for a lot longer than this video before even the woman gets up to speak and that's I'm using it as that example to say honour presence of Holy Spirit because when he's there he can do loads of things right? he can do more than we can ask or think so um, that's the end of my like, teaching for this session but I've got some ideas of practice. So the question is, would you like to have a practice at, at praying for people? Would you like to have a go? Yeah? Can I, can I just say something first? Okay. Is that all right? Of course you can. I mean, I, I struggle a bit with this, to be honest. And um, because I don't like it very much. You really want, to be honest, me to be honest. And yet... I think we have a choice and that choice is am I going to limit my life to me what I'm comfortable with because actually the honest truth is I don't have it within me my limited me to actually make a difference to anybody I can't set somebody free I can't set you know I can't set prophetic words in motion I can't change the course of history I can't change people's lives and the fact that Carl got changed, and probably hundreds of other people got changed. I got changed in Toronto. Everybody's had a... And then Carl is now changing how many people's lives across the world. And you can just say, well, that looks absolutely stupid, God, I'm sorry, but I just don't see why it has to be like that. And because I don't think it has to be like that, then I'm not going to get involved in it. And that's absolutely, completely fine. But our inner desire most of us have that inner desire that says there's something greater than me I am more powerful and more influential than this limited me and that's why I think what Alan's saying is just yield and be prepared but even in that for some of us and I was one of these people I lived a lot of my life absolutely scared because I wanted God to do it and I was scared if he asked me to do it because what I was scared about was I knew I wouldn't do it I just absolutely knew if God said roar like a lion I'd say no <laughs> because I don't want to roar like a lion basically and there is that tension 
when you yield to God and say, actually, I want more than the limitation of my life because we're called for greatness. There's something about Holy Spirit that is much... He is... I don't know what the word is. It's not kindness, but he knows us. And yes, he will challenge us. But those times when you do the things you can't do, it's not because you just decided to be stupid and foolish. It's almost like you just say, I can't do it. I really can't do it, but I want it. And so it's not... Because I was always scared I was making it up. And I just thought, I know I can't make it up. I'm not the kind of person who can stand on that stage and roar like a lion. Sorry. And yet I could. I know now that I could. Not because I've changed. or Not because I've suddenly... But because I know Holy Spirit well enough to know that, that I know him. And if there is a time that he has to... He asked me to roar, then probably most of the time I would be willing to do it. I can't do it, but I would be willing to do it. And I think it's the shifting. But to be honest, if you watch that, and I can be honest with myself, I can think, they look absolutely stupid. Right? It looks absolutely stupid. And you think, you may as well be at certain home watching the football for the amount that. And if that's the way you feel, that's exactly as much as you'll get. You'll get as much as watching the football. I know. I mean, we know because we know Carl. And and if we're really honest with ourselves, there's something in us that always says, there has to be more. There is something. We are much more than the limitation of our little selves. Our little selves by boring and don't get very far, do they? Well done, Rebecca. That's a good point to make. Okay, let's move chairs back. Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.